0: Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come, Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 277 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we uh, continue our study of this week's Come, Follow Me materials, looking at Doctrine and Covenants Sections 109 to 110, covering September the 27th to October the 3rd. And today uh, we are going to... um, Go on into section 110 today, where we have one of the pinnacles, really, once again, of the doctrine covenants. The temple has been built, dedicated, and it's been uh, dedicated for a few days now. And then Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery are in deep in prayer in one of the pulpits. With the curtains dropped, They uh, have kind of veils or curtains, which are able to separate the pulpits into separate Kind of all, almost mini rooms or classes, um, which, of course, considering the temple was meant to be a uh, schoolhouse or a place of learning, um, then um, that is something which they're able to do with that. As they were doing this uh, with Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery together in a section which was reserved for the presidency, they received uh, some visitations. Um, are from the Lord and from other messengers as well and I think that with this uh, experience we often skip and talk about uh, Moses, Elias and Elijah um, the most because of course these this is the moment they they distribute or they confer sacred keys for the work of the salvation for the work of salvation in the latter days but of course we can't forget the first 10 verses which is the majority of this section, uh, refers to a visitation from the Lord Jehovah himself or from the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse one, it says, the veil was taken from our minds and the eyes of our understanding were opened. Um, W. Craig Swick uh, said this, quote, our savior frequently opened eyes of the physically and spiritually blind. Opening our eyes to divine truth, literally and figuratively prepares us to be healed of mortal short-sightedness. When we pay attention to spiritual alarms that signal a need for course correction or larger eternal perspective, we are receiving the sacramental promise to have his spirit do with us. This happened to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery in the Kirtland Temple when compelling truths were taught by Jesus Christ, who promised that the veil of mortal limitations would be taken from their minds, close quote. This is um, kind of fulfillment of what would be promised, that these these veils would be taken from their eyes and their minds and that they would be able to see. And because the Lord did that, he was able to prepare and reveal uh, further truths uh, to these two individuals uh, who had worked so hard uh, to, to get uh, this this house uh, prepared and built. Uh, and of course, many, many others had sacrificed so much Um but now uh, the great blessings were able to be re- received from building this temple of the Lord. Uh, this is a great promise that was fulfilled, and in verse two it says, "We saw the Lord standing upon the brasswork of the pulpit before us, and under His feet was a paved work of pure gold, like in color, like amber." Um, this just kind of indicates um just the 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 glory and the the and the. Oh, the glory, really. I can't think of another word. Just, just the, the, the power that radiates from the Saviour as he appears to them. Um, and just the blessing it was to be able to receive this revelation. In verse 3, it continues to describe him further and says, His eyes were as a flame of fire. The hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as the, great, as the sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah. Um, Again, this is something which has built upon and built upon over many years, I'm sure, this light, till it is a perfect light. Sterling W. Sill uh, said this, quote, The prophet Joseph Smith tried to describe the resurrected Jesus as he saw him in the Kirtland Temple, and he said his eyes were as a flame of fire. It isn't a twinkle anymore. I suppose it is now magnified a few million times. I suppose that actually there wasn't any fire there at all any more than there is a light in my granddaughter's eyes. He is trying to describe something which can't be described. He said his face shone above the brightness of the sun, and that is pretty bright, close quote. If you remember uh, a while ago, uh, we were talking about the different accounts of the first vision. And the first uh, account of the first vision, uh, the prophet, in his own in his own writing, in his own words, had written about how this pillar of light, which we've now come to know so well, uh, was actually first described as a pillar of fire. Um, And in those days, in the early 1800s, it was just a way to be able to try and describe a great illumination. Because, of course, when you think about it and the time and the context, there was no electric lights. Um, The the way that light would have been perceived would have been by flames and other uh, forms like that to be able to give light uh, to the place around them. Uh, and so it's not a surprise that we have a pillar of fire being described or indeed his eyes being like a flame of fire. You can imagine it's not perhaps so much the the burning that's important, but just the pure light that comes from the savior, which is probably the most important thing being described here. In verse four, it says, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth. I am he who is slain. I am your advocate with, the, with your father. Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. Um, this is a great, I would have been, this, this would be a great blessing to these individuals. I've got a couple of quotes to do with this about uh, just the, what our Saviour is for us and the great healing and blessing that comes from him. President Thomas S. Monson said, he who taught us to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and with all our souls and with all our strength and with all our minds and our neighbors as ourselves is a teacher of truth, but he is more than a teacher. He is the exemplar of the perfect life, but he is more than an exemplar. He is the great physician, but he is more than a physician. He is the literal savior of the world, the son of God, the prince of peace, the holy one of Israel, even the risen Lord who declared Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testify shall come into the world. Close quote. He is so much to all of us. He is a teacher, an exemplar, a physician. He is our Saviour and Redeemer, the Prince of Peace. Um, and He has power to forgive sins. He has power to have mercy and to be perfectly just because of what He did for us. Um, and that is such a brilliant, marvelous, wonderful blessing, uh, which is given to us um, freely um, and there are great blessings that we can receive um, and it's just such a marvellous blessing uh, to be able to have the saviour uh, give us those in verse seven what joy this must have been to the ears of uh, joseph smith and oliver cowdrey uh, when he when the saviour then said for behold i have accepted this house and my name shall be here and i will manifest myself to my people in mercy in this house I want to finish briefly by talking about the saviour manifesting himself in mercy in his house. Of course, there are people who states that they have seen the saviour in the temple. uh, And that is not something which is, um, you know, can be denied really, is that there have been definitely kind of comments and things said about that. But for those who maybe haven't physically seen the saviour, does this mean that he hasn't manifested himself to you in that house? I would obviously um, say that that was probably not the case. Uh, he has he has ways of manifesting himself not just to our to our eyes, uh, but to our spirits and to um, the the promptings that we that we feel and just being there and and being with us I think is something that is is very able to be done by the savior. Even if uh, we haven't necessarily seen him, you know, in person. How and the the come follow me manual. Ask these questions, it says, How has he manifested himself to you in the temple? In what ways does he help you to know that he accepts your efforts and sacrifices? Of course, these two individuals, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, had made great sacrifices to have the temple built. But the Saviour can also accept your offerings and sacrifices in the temple as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that because it's just a wonderful thought to consider. Uh, on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can also email Session at gmail.com to share your thoughts and study as well. Thank you very much for your time today and we'll continue this tomorrow and until we meet again.